0: This morning's scripture reading is taken from the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 to 29. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 to 29. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously content with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Reverend Lenita will now bring to us the message this morning, the ultimate goal of education, perfection. Reverend Lenita, please. Very good morning to all who's gathered here this morning and especially to the children. Uh, I see some children, uh, you're looking down at your handphones, right? Uh, Let's look up. And let me ask you some questions. Today is Sunday School Sunday, right? Yes or no? Yes, that's why you are here. What is Sunday School? Uh, maybe one person can answer. Tell me, what is Sunday School? Children learn from God. In Sunday School, you 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 only learn. Uh, about God in Sunday school? God's word. Okay, alright. Who started Sunday school? Uh, okay, what's the answer? Who started Sunday school? Mommy. <laughs> alright, good try. Who started Sunday school? Jesus follower or Jesus or God God how do you know God started Sunday school? Oh give the gift to pastor so pastor started Sunday school right? Someone important but we don't know who Alright, let me tell you who, okay? Do you want to listen to my story? Yeah, okay, good. Now I tell you who started Sunday school, this guy. Do you know him? No, his name is Martin Luther. And when did he live? He lived a long, long time ago. In 1529 in Germany, he started something in the church to teach children God's Word. And then, that is in Germany. And then sometime in 1688, in south of England, this pastor, Reverend Joseph, also started something in the church. But it didn't grow, because this is just, you know, in their own church. Now, in England, in the 16th and 17th century, most of the people were living in the kampongs, okay, outside in the countryside, and they were farmers. But then when the Industrial Revolution came, when people starting to build factories and so on, a lot of people then moved to the cities. And then what happened? In the cities, it became very, very crowded. People can't find jobs. And so in the society, there were a lot of poor people because living conditions were not very good so people don't live very long guess how old were they when they died 30 40 30 you're yeah, almost correct I think you look at my slides right <laughs> alright now at that time the life expectancy of adults were about 36 years very short life what about children can you see? What, what did I put there? 50% of children died before they turned five. That's very sad. all right. And so that is the situation in the uh, 17th, 18th century in England. Now, when the people moved to the cities, okay, they need to look for jobs. And then when they were setting up factories, now children, Show me your hands. All the children, can you show me your hands? Your hands are very small and tender. You can reach into small places that we adults cannot. And so what they did then was that in factories, they employ children. So you can see there, children working in the factory because they're small enough to go onto the machines and reach to places. Now, what about the other picture? Do you know what that boy has done? Mummy and daddies, uncles, aunties, you should know. What do we call that boy? Uh, Children don't know. Mummy also don't know. Adults. What do you call that? Chimney sweep. Chimney sweep. Okay? Because you see, he has got brushes. Now, he is small. And so he can go up and down the chimney to sweep the chimney. And so that's what they do with children. Okay, and see, poor boy, he's all dirty. Okay, and so there in the uh, in England in those days. And so there's this lady by the name of Hannah Ball. She's a friend of John Wesley. Now we know John Wesley started the Methodist movement, and John Wesley is very concerned for children, for the poor, for the needy. And so this Hannah <coughs> she started Sunday school okay, in her church. But the thing is that she felt that um, she, uh, uh, because children don't get a chance to go to school, they have to work uh, Monday to Saturday. So on Sunday, her school is actually learning to read, and to write, and to learn arithmetic. Today, what do you learn in Sunday school? You learn about God. Do you learn to read and write? No, you learn that in school, right? So that's why it is called Sunday School. Because it's a school on Sunday. Simple as that. Alright, so it started by Hannah Ball. But then it didn't take off. Because uh, she only started in her own area. Now, if you go and Google adults, if you go and Google who started Sunday School, you will get to know this man. His name is Robert Rikes. He's also a friend of John Wesley. Now, for him, because he uh, listened to the teaching of John Wesley, he realised that actually the society, uh, because of the poverty, because of the situation, a lot of adults and children were in jail for petty crimes. Now, those of us who know the movie Oliver Twist, okay, Oliver Twist is about an orphan who was in an orphanage And then, but he was taken and sold, and then he ended up in with a group of pickpockets. Okay, and so these children were just on the street doing committing petty crimes. And then the other movie, Les Miserables, some of us may have seen it, is about a man who was living with his sister, and they were very poor. The sisters' children had nothing to eat, they were crying and they were hungry. So, what did the man do? When you have no money and you're hungry, what do you do? Steal. Is that correct? Yes, no, it's not correct. <laughs> but but this poor they worked, that's right, but he couldn't find work. So he had he, he couldn't have he didn't have any other solution. So what this man did, he stole. What did he steal? He didn't steal money, he stole some bread and then he was caught and he went to jail. Okay, so these are two very good movies telling us about what happened those days. So this Robert Reichs, he realized that there is so much petty crimes, and these people who have committed petty crimes were in prison. So from the teaching of John Wesley to reach out to the needy, to visit those in prison, he then went to prison to teach. Because he says, ignorance is the root of degradation everywhere around us. Idleness is the consequence of ignorance. Idleness begets vice, and vice leads to the gallows. That means vice, doing bad things, leads you to prison. And so this Robert Wright started to teach in prison. So he went to prison to teach the children there, to teach the adults there, to read, to write, to do arithmetic. But he failed, because the response wasn't very good. And then what he decided to do is that he went back to his church, and he gathered people to come. Come, let me teach you on Sunday, teach you about faith. And he failed again. And finally, he went to borrow a school that was empty on Sunday. And so he started Sunday school. And then he taught the children to read and write and to do arithmetic. But what was his textbook? Bible. Correct. You're very good. I think some of you saw my slides, right? No, but you're very good. You know the answer. Yes, he used the Bible as his textbook. But his Sunday school is very different from our Sunday school. Look at the hours. Start at 10, finish at 12, almost like our Sunday school, right? But it continues from 1 o'clock in the afternoon until 4 o'clock. And then there's a break for the children to go to church for worship. And then they come back and they continue until 5.30 if you look at it, it's very, very long like our school hours. Again, that's why it is called Sunday School, right? It's a school. Now, but this Sunday School is very different from our Sunday School. Not only do they use the Bible as a textbook, but discipline is strictly enforced. What is discipline? When children don't listen, how to punish? Peck them. Yes. <laughs> peck with what? Peck with a cane. All right. No, what about Sunday school today? Teachers, do the teachers peck you? Yes or no? No. Then who peck you? No one. Mummy and daddy. Yeah, okay. Mommy and daddy use a cane to pick us when we don't behave. Right? Now, but, but, in those days for Robert Reichs, he walked around with a cane. Okay? He wanted the children to learn to behave well. No fighting, no bad words. Okay? You must be polite and then you learn to be um to, to be a moral person to learn righteousness and you because they're using the Bible as a textbook. And then what happened? In three years' time, he saw the results. That not only were the children changed, when children changed, who else changed? Who? Adults. Okay, mommy and daddy also changed. And then when mommy and daddy changed, everyone changed. The society changed. Any more stealing? No. Any more pickpocket? No. So the society changed in three years. So that's why if you go and Google adults, you can Google. The founder of Sunday School Ministry is Robert Rikes. And then what happened is that in somewhere in London, Those of you who who, who go to London, you can go and uh, take a picture and show it to us. Somewhere in London, there is a statue that's uh, built uh, under the directions of Sunday School Union by contributions of teachers and scholars of Sunday School. And it was there since July 1980 to remember the ministry of Robert Rice. And so with the Sunday School ministry, children were changed, parents were changed, The society was transformed. And so this brings us back to what we were reading earlier on in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29, where Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Children, could you please read this uh, with me? Verse 28, he. strenuously content well done now this is what Paul wrote to the church to tell them that we must teach everyone not just adults but children and what is the purpose of our teaching so that we can present everyone fully mature in Christ. And so, children and adults and teachers and mummies and daddies, in Sunday school, what's the purpose of our Sunday school ministry? Is so that our children and ourselves and everyone can be presented fully mature in Christ. But what's the first thing that we need to do? That our faith must impact someone else's life. Our faith is not to be kept to ourselves, right? You come to Sunday school You learn something And then you go home And then you keep it to yourself No We learn to share it with someone else So that someone else's life Can be impacted Now let's read 2 Kings chapter 5 Verse 1 to 3 Can I invite Celine? Yeah, could you please come and read for us? And then let's see if we all know the story you have it on your phone. 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 1 to 3 Naaman healed of leprosy. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only Master would see the Prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Have you read the story before? You don't know the story? Okay, go home, ask Mommy Daddy to read for you. <laughs> Alright, now... Some of us know the story. yeah. Now children, the story is about this little girl. Okay, She is from Israel. But because of war, the enemies caught her and then took her away to another country called Aram. And there she is uh, sent to work in a commander's house. So imagine with me that this little girl was captured Is her mommy and daddy with her? No And then captured Go to another country If it is us What would we be doing? What? What would we be doing? We will cry That's right Okay I'll join you in crying Because we are caught And then we are in a different country Okay But What did this little girl do? She was working for someone else, for the commander's wife, but she did not forget her God. Just now when we recited the Apostles' Creed, what's the first, ver- first line? I believe in God. I believe in God, Father, Almighty, Creator of Heaven and Earth. Is our God powerful? Yes. And so this little girl, although she's away from her mommy and daddy, and she's very, very sad, she did not forget her faith. She was still able to tell her mistress, ask the master to go to see the prophet in Samaria. The prophet is a servant of God. Now, for those of you who do not know the story, go back and read 2 Kings chapter 5. What happened was that this commander then went to see the prophet. The prophet prayed for him and he was healed. The point is that this little girl, although she is very sad, she's in a different country and she is working, she did not forget her faith. She was still able to impact someone else with her faith. And so it is the same for us children. Doesn't matter where we are, there are many people who do not know Jesus. Are your grandparents, do your grandparents know Jesus? Some yes, some no. Okay, what about our classmates and our friends? Do they know Jesus? Some yes, some no. Now, the song that the children sang just now, the one that you sang just now, Sunday school children, what was the song from which verse? John John, 3.16, what does it say? Well, that He gave Son, Amen. But there's so many people in our lives who do not know Jesus yet. Maybe our grandparents, our uncles, our aunties, our relatives, maybe our friends. Okay, and so wherever we go, even though like this little girl we may be in a very difficult situation, we may be very sad, but we still Remember to tell people about God, about Jesus. And then, we can always be praying for people. When someone is not well, when our friends are having difficulty, when our friends get bullied and cry, what can we do? We can tell them about Jesus. We can pray for them. Now, I want you to listen to this little girl's voice and tell me what she is doing Dear jesus please make dreamer feel well and better in jesus name we pray amen what did this what, what did this girl do praying for who for somebody we don't know pray that she would be well okay so we can all do that it doesn't matter uh, we are not adults But because we know God like this little girl, we can use our faith to impact someone else. What about the second point? Our faith, children, could you please read this? To learn and learn. We remember just now Colossians. We want to present everyone perfect, mature, In Christ. And so then, can I invite Tadius? Could you please come? Luke chapter 2, verse 45. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Thank you very much. you know who is that? Jesus. Who is that? The person is Jesus. Yes, the person is Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> right now, we all know the story. Jesus was 12 years old and he went with his uh, parents to the temple in Jerusalem. And The parents went back. He stayed behind. Okay, and the Bible tells us he was there in the temple. What was he doing? He was sitting among the teachers, listening, and then asking them questions. Do you do that in Sunday school? No! What do you do in Sunday school? Learn, but how do you learn? Listening, That's right. You listen to what the teachers teach and then do you ask questions? Sometimes. Now, if we ask and ask and ask, ask too many questions, what will happen? Not- nothing? Teachers will say, don't ask questions, too many questions. What about at home? If you ask and ask and ask what Same thing, mommy and daddy said Too many questions <laughs> Look up in the Google Okay, now mommy and daddy <laughs> Alright Now, the way we learn We need to learn and learn and learn Okay, the way we learn Is that we listen When someone is teaching us but we also learn to ask questions, okay? Here we have Jesus doing that in the temple so that He can know the answers. Now the problem, the problem is like what the children say. If they ask too many questions, adults, what do we say? Adults, what do we say when they ask too many questions? Google, alright? Either we say Google or... Too many questions, shut up. Okay? Alright. Now that was what happened recently. Uh, I was at a lunch and this uh, seven-year-old boy, um, not a resident in Kuching, just came to Kuching for that lunch. And he was asking many questions. What is this and what is that? And how is this and how is that? And why? And so on. And the father then said... What would the father say if that's you? He asked and asked and asked. Daddies, what would you say? Reverend Gabriel, what would you say? Enough, okay, enough, okay, all right. And so that poor boy quietened down and didn't talk anymore. Now, uh, it broke my heart because I think when quest- when children ask questions, they really want to know. But of course, our patience will be tested. And so if we remember what Paul reminded us, that in our teaching, we want to bring everyone perfect and mature to Christ. And so what did Paul say in verse 29? Uh, all the adults, could you please read this? Verse 29. I think that's a lesson for us, isn't it? Okay, that we run out of energy. We run out of patience. But we have this verse, God's promise to us. The energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. And so the word there's strenuously content. And this morning as we observe Sunday School Sunday, I do want to thank the Sunday School teachers. As Chan-seong has shared, that even through the pandemic, you continue to teach the children online. And now, as we are back physically, I know you strenuously using up all your energy to teach children. But brothers and sisters in Christ, as the children learn, as we teach, remember the ultimate aim or ultimate goal of education is perfection. That's John Wesley's term. Or Paul would call it maturity. We want to present everyone matured in Christ. And finally, the third point. Children, would you please read? Yeah, God or not? action or not? Okay, can I invite Samuel to come forward? Samuel? John 6, 8, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Thank you. Do you know the story of the little boy with... Look at the picture. How many loaves of, how many loaves of bread? Five. How many fishes? Two. Yeah, that's right. Okay, thank you. Now, you all should know the story, right? Okay. But if we look at the verse... Andrew, the disciple, looked at the boy with the barley loaves and the fish. He says, how far will they go among so many? Andrew thought that the little amount of food will not be enough. But this little boy was willing to give that little food to Andrew to give it to Jesus. Where did the boy get the food? Where did he get it? Market? Fish market to buy fish? No. No. Where do you think he got the food? Who packed the food for him? He was going to go out, so who packed the food for him? His mother. That's right. Now, after the whole thing, when he went home, the mummy would ask, what kind of questions does mommy ask? If mummy packed lunch for us and we go out and we come back, what's the first thing mommy asks? Did you finish your food? So in this case, when mummy asks the question, did you finish the food, what would, what would the boy say? Yes or no? I give it to Jesus and and then he used it to feed how many people? You don't know the story? <laughs> Teachers, how many people were fed? 5,000! So many, so many people. Now, if that little boy goes home or went home and told mommy that Jesus took the bread and fed 5,000 people, what would mommy say? Mummy, believe you or not? (laughs) No. Alright, why? Why doesn't mummy believe us when we say things like that? That's why the food is so little. How can you feed so many people? Right? But that's the problem with all of us. When we see little things, when we see limited resources, what do we do? we look down on the small things and the small resources. But this is the story where this little boy, his faith led him to actions. Now, many of us would know this man. Do you know this guy? Billy Graham. Who is he? Adults, you know Billy Graham? Yes, I see some nodding. Okay. Billy Graham was a very well-known evangelist that traveled around the world. Thousands and millions of people heard the gospel through his ministry, including some of us. We may have read his book. But how did Billy Graham become a Christian? Huh? How did Billy Graham become a Christian? Now watch this. watch this video clip. It's all because one Sunday school teacher spent some time visiting one Sunday school student. Edward Kimball led to one after another and finally Billy Graham was converted. And so we are reminded that little things make a big difference. And so children, when we observe Sunday School Sunday, yes, it's all about you learning in Sunday School. It's all about you living out your faith, impacting lives, and you continue to learn and learn, and that you put your faith into action. But this morning, I want to also acknowledge and appreciate the ministry of the Sunday School teachers. That their sacrifices, that their, their commitment and what we read in the letter of Paul, they're strenuously content with all the energy. We want to appreciate them. And so can I invite all the Sunday school teachers to stand? Could you please stand? All the Sunday school teachers who are here this morning. Sunday school teachers, any more? Alright. Okay. Okay. Let's reach out our hands, children, also, as we pray for them. Ask God to give them more energy. Ask God to give them more strength and grace and wisdom as they teach the children. Let us pray. Father, I do want to thank you for these, my sisters who are standing. Thank you for calling them into the Sunday School Ministry. Thank you for their commitment. Thank you, Father, for their love for you and for your people. And we know that, God, it is not an easy task, but we realise, Father, the importance of the Sunday School ministry and your plan and your will to, so that all can be presented perfect and mature in your Kingdom. And so I do want to commit my sisters into your hands, Father. Anoint them, empower them. Fill them with your love and grace as they continue the ministry of the Sunday School. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, please be seated, Sunday School teachers. And so, children, we know that little things make big difference. And so my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as uh, Chan Siong reminded us and called for more help, I do want to pray that each one of us would remember the ministry and if God so called you, would you please respond?